Hello, and welcome to the Find Your Calm podcast. I'm Noel C. Guevara, a pastor, educator, and writer, learning to navigate faith and family and being a person in this chaotic life. Here in season two, we're doing a deep dive into some of the ways that life can be anxiety-inducing and what it looks like to find your calm in the midst of it all. We've spent the first several episodes talking about recovery journeys and the relationships they impact. And then last episode, we transitioned to a new type of anxiety-inducing chaos, change. I literally wheezed my way through that episode, you guys. It was hard for me to talk about as I'm clearly still recovering from the fallout. But we're forging forward, we're pushing our way through the anxiety attacks, we're blazing a trail right on through, or something like that. Today, I'm going to have a special guest join me to talk about the impact of change on faith, and I'll talk more about her and to her in a minute. I touched on this the last episode, but changing my mind, my theology, and my perspective left me wrestling with my faith. I was sure that God existed and is active in my life and story. I still am, but I'm less sure of some of the extra strings that were attached with the faith that was handed to me by a particular brand of Christianity. Side eye, white evangelicalism, side eye. And while I truly believe that wrestling with your faith is holy and even faithful, it's also truly disorienting. Here's the truth. I don't know how to avoid chaos or how to prevent the anxiety that chaos inevitably causes, but I have had more than a little practice in finding my calm when life beckons anxiety instead. So if you're here looking for a space to take a deep breath, to steady yourself and discern what you need to move forward, you're right where you belong. Listen in for a few simple tips to find your calm and take your next faithful steps forward. All right, here with me live and in person is my friend, my coworker, my spiritual director, Heidi Rodert. Hi. Hi. So good to have you here. So much fun to have someone in with me, so I'm not talking to myself. Um, And for those of you listening, Heidi is someone who has influenced my faith for the better, who's shared practices with me that have been grounding, even as I felt like I was becoming unmoored. And she's a spiritual director in training. So I asked her this year if I could be her guinea pig, and she said yes. So look at me. I really enjoy talking people into my crazy ideas. I do that a lot. Um, So Heidi, I would love if you would share a little bit of your faith journey with our listeners. First of all, though, thank you for your kind words and um, and introduction. And um, as a listener, I actually am really glad and grateful to be here. So So fun. I have listened, even at times when I feel like the topic isn't like precisely directed towards me, like small children or something. I've still listened anyway, and I feel like I've learned something every time. So I'm actually very grateful to be here. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, To answer your question, though, as far as my faith journey, um, I would say the first word that comes to mind is long. And I say that in like a blessing kind of way. So um, my parents became Christians when I was about five. And so I can honestly say like, at this point in my life, at this age, pretty, practically all of my life, I have been in or around some kind of faith community. So I, I take that as a blessing. Um, but that is not to say that it hasn't been complicated or difficult. Um, sometimes my faith journey has been, um, you know, tangled up or kind of some of the things that we're going to talk about today 
and definitely like dark night of the soul, kind of like everything mm, love really that phrase. from, <laughs> from being, you know, having a long a faith journey means it has also been kind of difficult at times sure, as well. Yeah. So um, just my point of view though, coming from a place, I met my husband in Bible college mm, where I love know, that for us. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, neither of us went intending to go in any kind of ministry whatsoever. So, um, but we have been married now 25 years. This is 26. And all 25 of them have been in some kind of vocational ministry, meaning like paid ministry. <laughs> like that's your job. Let's just stop because that is not common. Even people go into ministry intentionally to just keep going straight through. Is that's it? some commitment. That's also been long. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we did not intend to be in ministry and it started with like a part-time youth ministry, you know, during like we had regular jobs, but that was like an extra thing. And then that led to overseas work. We were asked to join a team of church planters in Europe. So we spent some time overseas and that's what um, like maybe the majority of our like in the thick of it, child rearing years were. So I definitely bring that to the, like, that's a different point of view that comes to the table of just living in Europe and raising kids in Europe. Um, and then we've been back here in the States almost eight years, seven years, almost eight, where my husband is a pastor. Um, we both work in a church. I work in the church, but I'm not in like a leadership role of like pastor, teacher, leader, that kind of thing at least paid to do so. And at least <laughs> you just paid. get roped into it in some ways. <laughs> Might not be in your job description, but right. you, you pastor from wherever you're at. <laughs> right. So that's kind of that's kind of my faith journey, I guess. Thank you so much for sharing. I heard some things I didn't even know. So that's great. Well we are talking today about wrestling with faith when it's complicated. And I think we're using or maybe even avoiding specific terms to name a complicated faith. Uh, terms that come to mind include uh, deconstruction or reconstruction, unraveling, lots of words. Um, but in conversation, I've named or heard people name that they're trying to sort out what they were taught about God from what they believe or even know to be true about God. And it can be the hard work of identifying false teachings or harmful theologies um, and separate them from truths in scripture. So this is a really big question, but how would you describe a complicated faith and how has your own faith felt complicated at times? That's a very good question. <laughs> just <laughs> so, super easy, just like right. really easy definition. <laughs> so I would say that by nature, faith is complicated. If you are saying that you are believing in something that you cannot like tangibly see, it's complicated in itself. But I think a complicated faith probably is a time when you are wrestling with something, learning, growing, discovering. Also, like you said, maybe unraveling or disentangling things that you have learned. For me, my faith has felt complicated at times, probably when I've learned new things and I have to look back at the old things that I've been taught and kind of see how they match, mm, if that makes yeah, sense. That so that makes sense. Like I was probably, you would say I was raised in a faith tradition that would maybe um, emphasized knowledge, for example. And, you know, it was the more you knew, like if you knew all the scriptures and everything, like what you know kind of correlates with how your faith is, kind of correlates with like how good of a Christian you are because of all the things that you know. So if you know the scriptures or if you know, um, you know, evidence of why Jesus existed or whatever, 
um, that was important. But I realized as I got older, the knowledge wasn't fulfilled. I, I can't think of the, the knowledge wasn't um, altogether what my faith had been, but also the experience. Mm, and sure. so, you know, I can know all the things without knowing God. I can know all the things about God and not know Him. And so I realized one of the things that I had been taught just didn't, it wasn't enough. It was, it was real and important. But so I think my faith had felt complicated when I was coming to grips with like, okay, I have learned maybe not to trust my feelings or my emotions or my experience, but to trust like the cold heart facts. Mm, And I think that that's, um, I don't know, a spot where uh, my faith has been felt, has felt complicated. Yeah. Um, Just mainly because like um, when everything is like good or bad or black or white or whatever, there leaves no room for gray. And so when, um, when I am trying to discern, uh, you know, my faith journey and my faith being complicated, I I think there needs to be a little gray space Mm -hmm. because I don't know all the things. And I thought that I did. And I thought, you know, and and that's the irony is like, I love knowledge. I love learning all the things. And I thought that that was the most important thing. And um, I have realized that I need to leave a little room for those gray spaces where I don't know. And where like Paul says, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So I think for the rest of my life, there are things that I will never know. And I have learned to be okay with that. Yeah. So that is complicated for sure. When we realize that sort of the faith that we were handed Maybe it's not even wrong entirely, but it's not enough. But if you were taught, kind of as you were saying, if you know all the things, that's enough. But you have that instinct of like, no, there's more. There's more to it. What does that mean about the faith that you were taught of like, no, this is enough when you have a sense that no, it's not. And that, yeah, I can see how that would get really complicated. Um, So next question, Jesus often tells his followers to have faith. This is something we read often in scripture. Um, and like I said, scripture repeats that refrain. It's something we we read often. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? So do you think a complicated faith is a lack of faith? Or what do you think Jesus would say to someone whose faith feels really complicated in this season? I would right off the bat say a complicated faith is not a lack of faith. I mean, instantly, I, I think that if it's complicated then it has to exist. Like, even if I have like doubts or fears or questions, even if I am like rolling around in my mind, all the things that I've learned and how I'm experiencing life today, it means that it exists in the first place. Sure. Yeah. And so um, I would not say that it is a lack of faith. And I would say that Jesus would be so compassionate to people who are going through a hard season or a complicated faith, I think. Like in the book of Mark, there's like a story where um, a dad has a kid that's possessed by a demon. And, you know, he, uh, the disciples actually tried to cast the demon out, but they couldn't. And he comes to Jesus and he's like, if you can. Mm. And Jesus kind of looks at him like, if I can? Like, <laughs> uh, and he says, all things are possible to those who believe. And this dad says, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. And I think that that is like kind of um, that example of like, I do believe, but if there's anything in me like that, yeah. that is like unbelieving or, or difficult or 
whatever, like just mm-hmm. cover that, just like help me in that. And so I think it's a, a dad that is trying to be, um, yeah, like he's trying, yeah, he's trying to have faith, but he's doing it vulnerably. Right. Like he's being honest and real about it. He, yes. And I think that that's, that's important. And, and speaking of honest and real, like I've always told my kids, um, when you're in a faith community and you're in like a small group or you're in a, a church or whatever, it is way easier to believe. Like, just go with the flow. Just, mm, you know, yeah. roll with it because you're a part of the club. Like, every you're in, you know. It is way harder to be um, honest and authentic and transparent. It's way harder to say, like, I'm not sure about this or to have questions than it is to just go with it and believe. Um, and so I think that's really important. And I think Jesus would definitely have, like, a lot of grace for that. Yeah. And a lot of compassion for that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so working backwards then, if a complicated faith is honest, if it's evidence of faith, like I love what you just said, that if you're wrestling with faith, if there's parts of you that doubt and that feels uncomfortable, that means there's parts that believe, right? And if that's true, that just even makes me rethink the faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Like there's an element of that wrestling that hopes mm-hmm that hopes that God is real, that hopes that this was not a waste. And even that wrestling, what if we saw that as evidence instead of lack? I will be thinking about that all day. (laughs) Um, So like just practically, what does it look like to wrestle with that faith? You know, we can talk about that in sort of an inner heads kind of way. We've probably all felt it. Oh, I've wrestled with my faith, but what does that, what's that mean? What are sort of the practical ways we do that? Um, what are the, what are the ways we can do that? Well, um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that that probably is where spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines come into play mm. because when we are, when we're learning anything new or when we're discovering things, whether it's like learning how to play the piano or whether it's, you know, I want a healthy heart, so I'm going to work out and do my cardio or <laughs> building muscles. Like we practice those things sure, from yeah. the beginning. And I know it's kind of trite and pithy to say like, <laughs> oh, let's practice so that we, you know, but it is, it is true. It is like when you put spiritual practices and disciplines into place, when things are like, okay, then when you do come across something where you have learned something new that you you know, struggle with or that you can't unlearn and you want, and you're growing and you're pushing against those things, these spiritual disciplines or practices come into place. So I think like, um, it makes me think of maybe like a good prayer practice, um, really developing a prayer life. Uh, and you know, for some people that's new and it's difficult to kind of think, okay, how am I going to develop a prayer life? I don't even know what to say. And I would say, um, there are definitely like tips and tricks Mm -hmm. and things like praying scripture, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, write scripture down on index cards. Like um, I just wrote Psalm 25, four, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your path or Psalm 27, one, the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Those are the kind of scriptures that you put on an index card or whatever and, and pray and, and it grows you and strengthens you. And also, um, you know, like the book of common prayer. Mm-hmm. That's something we have in our house. And that's another like disentangling thing because I was always taught that um, if I'm not praying my own words, if I'm not praying to God, 
from yeah. me, mm-hmm. yep, that's not a genuine prayer. And and I understand possibly coming from the point of like I don't need any intermediary people between sure. me and God. I maybe from that point, but I, you know, to it be disingenuous. I don't believe that that's true. And I think that, um, you know, a book like the Book of Common Prayer or, you know, and something newer like Every Moment Holy or something those I know. At your recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Those are things that I think that we can put into practice in our lives um, so that when we are in a point of wrestling, we are already somebody who prays. We are already somebody who meditates on scripture. That's another one. Just like meditate on scripture. A really practical thing would just to be find like a good mentor, mm-hmm. um, spiritual director, a spiritual director, <laughs> a guide, find somebody like that, you know, somebody who maybe has already gone through some of the things you're going through or somebody who's just a few steps down the road, a, a group, you know, like a, like a small group to hang out with or whatever, find those people and, and make your circle filled with people who will encourage you mm-hmm. in that. So um, those are some, are those yeah, some practical those really things? Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I just kind of tacking onto that idea of a group and you and I have talked about this too, is like finding a community of people who let you wrestle, who mm-hmm. create a space for you to go. I don't know that I even believe this anymore. I don't know, you know, whether this is just a small piece of theology or this is the whole thing, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. I think if you try and jump into you know, or if you're already in a community of people who are like we were saying, like, nope, you just got to believe, believe, believe that probably you can't, you can't just encourage your way out of curiosity, I think. And I don't think you should. Like, I think it's the wrestling has grown my faith. And just as you were sharing some of those practices, like took me back to sometimes when I've introduced new practices, that was one thing that was helpful for me in the last few years, especially as I was trying to untangle just some of the the rigid kind of rhythms of of my faith that I was handed that weren't even necessarily bad, but we get like baggage tacked onto it of even like the sit down and read your Bible and have a quiet time. That's that's good. And I do that and I love it, but it can feel rote at a time where I'm like figuring things out. So you shared some of the practices that you mentioned that were way out of my faith tradition of like these liturgies and these, you know, like you're saying, like books of prayers or um, even just like a couple of apps, like reimagining the examine is one I've talked about before. Uh, the Lectio app, very different from, from the uh, spiritual practices that I grew up with and just trying on kind of a new sort of almost like like a new brand of of your faith that's like still the same faith but a different expression I think is a good way to to wrestle because it stretches you a little bit and I think that's good and finding that group uh, a couple of weeks ago this actually happened in my in my home my husband and I lead a small group in our house this guy probably has no idea that this made such an impact on me but it was one of the biggest compliments i can think of in the last uh, you know few months probably but um we were in my kitchen i was with my oldest daughter and we were kind of we were heartily discussing some aspects of our theology <laughs> we heartily discuss in our house too <laughs> well, it, it was a theological discussion and you know it was about some aspects of our faith and and the things that we believe and my daughter and i were talking and um and this guy was in there too, and he was kind of hearing. And my daughter's like, why are we even arguing about this anyway? And he said, um, well, because this is a really safe space. Mm-hmm. And we are allowed to have these discussions and not agree 
(laughs) probably maybe even leave not agreeing. But at the end of the day, we're still friends. We're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And like, that's it. Like, and, and, and to me, that was a huge compliment because it was like, okay, my home, like this place is a safe space for people to say whatever they want, you know, (laughs) and to maybe disagree with me or maybe even put me in my place and tell me the things that, you know, I'm not doing right or something like it is a safe space to argue and to doubt and to whatever, because at the end of the day, you know, we're fine. Yeah. And so that was, that was a huge compliment to me because that's kind of what I want to be is that like safe space. Yeah. He probably has literally no clue. (laughs) He probably has never thought of that again, but that's just, you know, it was just a comment. Yeah. And I love like, even as you're just talking about that with your own kids and you have kids ranging from high school to young adulthood and so many parents get so afraid. I mean, maybe they wouldn't name it as that, but they get so concerned or they get so burdened. You know, we put spiritual words into it. When their kids start exploring theologies, they go against their own. You know, like I have these conversations with my kids where they're leaning into things and I'm like, well, that's that's not what I was taught. And, and I've grown to love it because kind of what you're saying of like that, those conversations uh, grow us both, even if we land in different places. And Um, So I love that you shared that. In our next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to create that kind of faith in your home or cultivate it rather. Um, But going back to, you know, the the wrestling with faith and kind of the steps of it or some practice of it. When you think of wrestling with your faith or when your faith's been complicated, what part of that has been easy for you, has come easy, has felt, you know, whether that's comfortable or life-giving or just kind of like, that growth element of it and what parts have felt more difficult, maybe more gritty or more disorienting, right? I know sometimes in wrestling with faith, there's there's some real like what's up and what's down sense. So what parts have been just life-giving, what parts have been disorienting? Share a little bit about that. As far as like the just practices maybe that I mentioned Mm -hmm. before, I I think cultivating a prayer life has been very Mm. life-giving. But I would say that we live life in seasons and maybe as a younger person, maybe as a young mom, that was really, really hard. Um, But now I feel like it's very life-giving. It's been very, very important, I think. Um, You use the word gritty. And that totally changed. Totally through. Like what's been challenging? What's yeah. been more difficult? What's no, but I mean like thrown you off. <laughs> like, no, that but that um it, it makes me think of sometimes when when you kind of start to evolve or change mm-hmm. or reconsider like some of the things that you've learned. And I kind of talked about like reconsidering um knowledge versus experience versus, you know, like cold, hard facts versus love sure, versus yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes I look back and I'm like, does that change the value of what I learned? Like, like, does mm, that, yeah. does that dishonor my parents because yeah. they feel like this is one way or does that change, you know? And, and it's funny because I've been like, we talked about being in ministry for like 25 years. So I've been in places where people have changed and have said, but I don't know, like that makes my whole life before, like, is it wrong? Yeah. And yeah. it's uh, it's like, no, you just, the more we know, the better we do. And and that is, mm. you know, 
Or like a self-compassion kind of approach. Right. As, as you learn more, you do better. And mm-hmm. that's just, that's just life in all circumstances, yeah, not just yeah. in your faith life. But um, I think that's been hard is just kind of going back and thinking like some of the people who have been the most influential in my life. And I, and ironically, I will say this about our ministry life. I'm actually back in the same church that I grew up in. <laughs> wow, just a full circle. Full so circle my life. husband actually pastors in the same church that yeah, I grew up in. Yeah. And so I love it. There's no, um, I'm not saying like, like things that the church, you know, mm-hmm. taught yeah. were whatever that I, I've disentangled. I've just been around different people who have taught me different things. And so, uh, you know, looking back, some of the people who have been very instrumental in my faith would I dishonor them by saying like, no, I'm not sure. Like this experience has changed me. And, you know, and so that's been kind of the hard part, the difficult yeah, part. Yeah. Um, also, even though I, I tell the story of my small group, I think that, you know, I said, find your people, find your group, find your friends, mm-hmm. your mentor. Mm-hmm. That actually has been hard for me. Mm, Very yeah. hard. I don't want to be authentic and transparent. <laughs> like I'm not into that. Like we can leave that at the door, but, um, cause it's, it's hard, but having decided to be, even though I didn't want to be mm-hmm. has changed things. So I think a hard, a hard practice was actually, you know, being vulnerable in a small group of people, mm, Yeah, but it has been rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. And I think, and I hear, and you sharing your story like more of that, like moving away from certain parts of your faith or certain parts that, that you grew up with that were, um, like you said, kind of not enough, like you wanted more, but weren't necessarily harmful or were not, didn't have, um, you know, malintent or anything. And then, and I know like I have friends, I have some of my own experiences where, where sometimes what you're disentangling from was actually harmful. Or in some instances, there can be situations where you're detangling a faith that had abuse or that had um, just gross negligence or abuse of power or whatnot. And that's a really different experience that we're really not even getting into in this, but just kind of wanting to name that of like, hey, if you're trying to untangle um, abusive practices or abusive theology or people and that that was really grafted into your faith experience that's that's a whole different that would be a whole different conversation um and it's it's just more complicated um i'm confident jesus is in that but has some different steps i was kind of trying to think through even for myself what parts have been easy what parts have been complicated i think just broad view like in wrestling with my faith and in just going from a faith that just made sense to a faith that was like complicated. Um, I think the easiest part has been like the more I, my eyes were open, the more I learned kind of like you're saying, the more, you know, man, the things I learned about God, like were just, it was just like drinking out of a fire hose. Like all of a sudden I'm reading scripture with new eyes. My last episode, I talked a little bit about um, just kind of that 2020 experience and, and just changing my theology on, you know, things like race. And I didn't get into like, gender, like our church wrestled with a a change in theology around, you know, gender and women leading. And um, all of a sudden it was like all these things about God that I hadn't really paid attention to were wide open before me. And that was exciting. Um, But the real challenge in that then is like part of what you're saying too, of like, what do I do with the old stuff? Like, what do I do with those things I held on to? And some of those things that I felt or experienced like harm in, 
how do I reckon with that? You know, how do I reckon with the ways I was, you know, taught around race that led me to parent blindly or, or, you know, whatever. And having to untangle those things was, was difficult. And then the fallout, I think of just losing some community, right. Of like, sometimes we're able to wrestle in a safe space and and we keep our friends and we keep our church and we can stay in that same space. And, and sometimes we can't, and that can be, that can be a challenge too, but yeah, we could talk about this forever and there's so many rabbit trails we could get into. Um, you know, I kind of opted not to get into the more prescribed um, types of faith change of like, what do you do when you change whether or not you believe about God or this theology or, you know, that belief system, but more broadly. So I hope for those of you listening, um, if you're experiencing change, you just were able to catch um, some solidarity and maybe some practical steps. But I um, just want to thank you, Heidi, for being here today and being willing to just Talk about a really like complicated, nuanced, broad topic of wrestling with faith. If you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more from Heidi, um, she's a great follow on Instagram. She's got a oh. whole email <laughs> newsletter situation. How can they find you if they're looking for you? If they don't know who you are. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I am working through developing. A, uh, I have a website. It is called Being formed.com being dash formed.com um and also on facebook being dash formed being dash formed.com gotcha i'll share that too on my my social media so you guys can give her a follow um and like i said earlier heidi's just been a great voice in my life of giving me practices when I'm wrestling as I'm still wrestling. And I appreciate that. And she shares those things there as well. Also, next episode, you're going to want to subscribe, follow, mark your calendars because I'm going to invite another special guest, a friend and coworker and an all-star children's pastor to help me explore this topic a little bit further. So we're going to talk about cultivating a curious faith in your family. And I can't wait to learn right alongside of you guys who are listening. And if you are a regular listener, you know, I close every episode with a practice because it's my intention to create space for the Holy Spirit to speak and guide. So this week I asked Heidi to share the closing practice and I'm so grateful she agreed. So Heidi, I'm going to let you guide us in this next faithful step forward. As we come into a time of reflection, one of the greatest blessings of the last couple months for me has been six weeks of group spiritual direction. And one of the blessings is how we start each one of our meetings. And as we get together, what happens when we begin is we calm ourselves, quiet ourselves, as we listen to one of the spiritual directors read a prayer or a poem to begin. And so I would like to take this time to do just the same. So find yourself becoming quiet and calm. Maybe place your feet on the floor, center yourself. Check your mind for any distractions that you might have or your body for any tension. And just listen as I read a prayer from Teresa of Avila. May today there be peace within you. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. 
May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born in faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be content knowing you are a child of God. Let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, dance, praise, and love. It is there for each and every one of us. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were able to connect with yourself, to get your bearings, find your focus, and begin to enjoy or at least truly experience that life that is within and around you. Life is chaotic. We know this to be true. But even in the midst of chaos, you can find your calm and take your next faithful steps forward. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram as Noel C. Guevara. You can also find me at noelcguevara.com. If you found today's tips to be useful and you want more, head to my website and sign up for my newsletter. A new one goes out every month, and I'm looking forward to sharing the things that are helping me find my calm right now. I would also love it if you would share this podcast with anyone that you think it might be helpful for. Until next time, I'm Noelle C. Guevara, and I'm so grateful to be your host and guide as we navigate the chaos of life together.